A seed is acquired a generation before watching her father run the Montreal Marathon, planted years later at a Mother's Day 10K in Calgary, and grows into three Boston Marathon finish lines of her own and counting. Our guest today is a wife and mother from Calgary who has self-coached her way to capturing four of her six stars in the Abbott World Marathon Majors. Join me and Claire Bird as we discuss her marathon journey and how she has used consistency, force of will, and an ear-to-ear grin to cross some of the biggest finish lines in the world. So if you're ready for the show, crank it up and let's go. Welcome to the Athlinks Podcast. I am your host, Troy Bousseau, coming to you from the snow-dusted hills of Broomfield, Colorado. It is December 11th, 2020, and this is episode 17. How are you, Claire? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. How are things up in Calgary today? Well, also snow-dusted. Oh, very so nice. We have a couple of fresh centimeters today, hopefully the paths will be clear later. Let's hope. Otherwise, you'll <laughs> yeah, just have to throw on your there. throw yeah. on your spikes and call yeah. it a call it a uh, a slippery day, I guess. Exactly. It looks a little sunny outside your window there. Oh, it's always sunny in yeah, Calgary. That's good. So, similar similar yeah. here in Colorado, where it's it's usually it's actually a little bit overcast today, which is kind of a bummer, but it'll yeah. be what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So on the podcast today, we have one of the goals in the in the podcast originally was, you know, we're certainly going to talk to our elites here and there, um, you know, our professional runners and cyclists and mountain bikers. But I also wanted to share the stories of a lot of, um, you know, just everyday average runners that are, you know, checking off big races off of their uh, off their bucket list while managing the rest of their lives and careers and families and everything else. So today we have Claire Bird from Calgary, uh, Alberta, Canada on the podcast today. And um, you were connected to us through uh, the Abbott World Marathon Majors. So you are um, four of your stars into your six. That's right. That is right. So give us a rundown. Which... Um, which of the races uh, have you done and have you not done? So, uh, so far I've done uh, Boston. I've done that one three times now, actually. And Chicago, which I've done twice, and New York, and Berlin. So those are my okay. four stars. Uh, what I have left are Tokyo and London, which uh, had we not been in the <laughs> COVID state we are, I would have already finished my six star journey. Yeah. Well, it just and, gives you uh, more time to train, right? Exactly. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully the, by the end of uh, this year or next year, 2021, yeah. I'll have that, that big medal. So were you registered up for London and, uh, and Tokyo? Yeah. London, I got in through the, uh, world marathon majors, like the age group, um, okay. championships and Tokyo was a tour package. Oh, cool. That oh, I fun. signed up for through marathon tours. Oh, very so, good. Is yeah. that like, does that take you beyond Tokyo and do like a big tour of, of parts of other parts of Japan and stuff? Uh, you can add in, uh, I think ours was just a four day package with some basic touring. Mm-hmm. And then after that, uh, we were going to do our own holidaying. Got so, it. Well, that's yeah. a cool way to get entrance and, and all that into, uh, into a marathon. I hadn't thought about doing the tour tour stuff. Yeah, because uh, Tokyo is one of the hard ones to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's by lottery or there's a weird application you can get into. Uh, it, but I'm not sure I'm quite fast enough. It looks like you almost have to write an essay to apply. Oh, that's and, funny. And uh, it's like the <laughs> run as one and they have a lot of paperwork. And my husband and I are trying to do them together. So mm. the best way for us was through uh, the tour package. 
Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just like Berlin, actually, you can enter their lottery, which how we got into Berlin was through lottery. But their lottery is different in that you can actually put a team of up to three people. Oh, that's cool. So we did a team of two and we got in on our first try. So wow, you, it seems was, like you've had some pretty good luck across the board then. Yeah. Yeah. And then the others are all qualifying races. So, okay. Yeah. Like, like, uh, New York, you can qualify for same with Chicago and yeah. Boston, obviously. Yeah. So. It's, one of our first guests was, um, uh, Ted Kennedy from, uh, CEO challenges. And one of the, the, um, one of the, the benefits of his company was always that you basically could sign up, you know, they'll go and, and grab a bunch of races and package them up together. And then, so instead of registering for the race per se, you're, you're entering the whole CEO package or, you know, executive thing. And there's tons of those types. It's almost like college scholarships for every <laughs> special interest. There's a different group out there who grabs a couple of uh, entries and into things. Nice. Yeah. So one of the things that I do love about um, Athlink, selfishly, but is is going back through people's um, race histories and kind of seeing where you came from. So it's funny, you know, I look at your Instagram account, like you're you're like a legit runner. You're you know you've got some great times out there. You're you know like low threes in the marathon and everything. And I look back to the beginning, and it seemed like you were kind of like an exclusively Mother's Day runner for the first several years <laughs> of your of your running career. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I started with the, you know, traditional learn to run 10K through one of our local uh, running stores. And uh, that was about all I could manage yeah. uh, for about probably 10 years. So and even just getting out doing those runs on like no training or pushing a stroller. And, uh, you know, so then I, then I finally got the opportunity to branch out once my kids got a bit older and I, you have to really put your mind to it, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. It's fun. Like in the United States, it's always Thanksgiving is the biggest running day of the year in, in the U.S. And so it's like turkey trot, turkey trot, turkey trot. And then they'll sort of branch out into some different things. So it was, you know, you did your first four results are for um, Mother's Day and you continue doing the Mother's Day run and, you know, run it about a like a nine minute mile for a 10K. And then all of a yep. sudden you jump into a half marathon, the Calgary half in 2011, ran a very respectable 151 in the half. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you kind of was... got the bug there in 2011. I did. I remember training for that being quite worried. Um, and the longest training run I did for that race too, was only about 16 kilometers. So I wasn't sure. I just, you know, I never did speed work or anything like that. It was just more to know that it could complete the distance. Yeah. Of course, I, I think it, basic goal for people a lot of times is like two hours in the half and then four hours in mm -hmm. the marathon. Like if you've done a, a bit of training and a bit of running. Yeah. Uh, so that was my goal two hours. So I was pretty pleased with that. Yeah. That's a heck of a, that's a heck of a first time, especially having yeah. not run the distance itself. So take, yeah. us, take us back even farther. What is, what is your athletic background? Uh, well, I started with basketball actually. Okay. Uh, in late elementary school, uh, I had a, an amazing gym teacher as a kid that was very inspiring. Uh, and so, uh, he got me started with basketball and then from then it was community basketball all, all the way up through college. Okay. And, uh, this, it was a lot of the same group of girls we grew up together. Uh, so it was 
just, yeah, a lot of basketball, basketball camps, coaching basketball, timing basketball, cool. you know, like live, eat, breathe basketball. Yeah. Um, but when I was really little, it was my dad that actually was the runner. Oh, yeah. So I always, yeah, he, he ran the Montreal Marathon when I was uh, really little. And I remember being dragged around by my mom <laughs> on the race course, uh, you know, trying to cheer him on and looking for all his club runners they would all wear the same pinny and those short shorts yeah. <laughs> back in the early 80s and uh it, it was a blast and so I always have that memory so I think that was always in the back of my head like yeah. and knowing how accessible running is and it would yeah. be quite a feat to be like my dad <laughs> yeah is he still alive yep yeah yeah, yeah. Does, he he's not does he still run at all he does he's has um problems with his Achilles mm. but he's also the old school guy who took 20 years to do physio you know yeah. you just let it bought like oh yeah I just have <clears> to <throat> run in pain for 20 minutes and then it yeah. gets a little better and then it hurts the last 20 minutes yeah you know yeah just but, duct tape uh, and super glue yeah yeah that's yeah. my dad have so you had he a chance finally did oh. sir have you had a chance to run with him at all have you done a race actually with him? Uh, yes uh it was funny because the, in 2017, it was the Canada 150. Okay. And uh, Run Calgary did a one-off. We could do 150K relay. So nice. I, I roped in, because I like these sorts of things, all my family members to participate in this Canada 150. You could have a, a team of up to nine. Okay. So it was myself, my husband, uh, three of my kids, my dad and my cousin and my sister. Uh, fun so that. that was our team. And my dad did one of the 10 Ks. And uh, they, so it was actually, it was really cool because it was three generations. My daughter was only eight, the youngest. And I think at the time my dad was 68. Wow. So um, far, it was pretty awesome. How far did your daughter run? Uh, she had the shortest leg. It was eight kilometers. Well, that's still but it pretty was good at haul. four o'clock in the morning. So Whoa. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And luckily we we told the race organizers were like, listen, she's only eight. She's not gonna know like directions where to turn. Yeah. And it's dark outside. So yeah. they um they actually escorted her on a bicycle. Oh, so that's she cool. was safe because your team wasn't allowed to like like you weren't allowed to have pacers. Okay. So uh, she had to go by herself, but she then had someone, to. yeah, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. But she was a trooper, and it was awesome because it it started at I think we started at eight p.m. and then it didn't finish till about eleven uh, a.m. the next day because they had a break after the hundred k. The last fifty didn't start until the actual fifty k race of Calgary Marathon started. Oh, fun. Okay. So, and it's we weren't sure how long it would take us, so we started or you could start between 7 and 9 p.m. But okay. that was sort of our best, like, family, yeah. you know, running moment, I guess. <laughs> well, what a fun experience for your daughter. That would have been, was she, like, was was she excited about it, or was she like, it's 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm not going out there? No, she was super stoked. stoked. That yeah, is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. My daughter did a triathlon when she was about 8 years old, um, and it was a desert triathlon. It was like a pool swim. Oh. And it was like, it was super hot day and she was killing the kids. She was like up in the lead. Um, and then all of a sudden on the run, like my son comes through the finish line, waiting around like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I'm like, I don't know where, the, 
So I went running on the course and my daughter's is like out in the middle of the desert running the wrong way, still running. Oh no. And she's like, God, oh, they had no marker. And it turned out the race director like pulled in all the race markers and just, she was oh, just no. running. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, I mean, it was, you know, it was cool because she was still smiling and still like, oh, yeah. whatever, yeah. you know, she wasn't scared or angry or yeah. anything. I was angry at the I race know. directors, but yeah. yeah, we were pretty worried about her, but it was like, it was a weird race in that it was like. The northern lights were out that night. And and then my other daughter saw a beaver. Like, what cool. are the odds? Like, so Canadian, right? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's cool. That's a fun family thing that could, you know, one of those things, like, you never know that sliding door you walk through where all of a sudden that launches the careers of, you know, an entire generation of, of uh, birds. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. <laughs> so you jump up here, like I see, you know, the half marathon time, and then what, two years later, it looks like you did, um, well, three years later. So you did a couple more, yeah. and then you jump into, um, you did two marathons that year. You did the Calgary Marathon and then the um, the Toronto Marathon as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're a pretty dang consistent runner. Like, you're always within that, like, you're right hovering around that 3.30 time. What do you think you're... Yeah. Like, do you, do you, do you have a coach? No, no. Okay. I like to uh, do the research myself okay. and uh, I don't know. I, I find I keep it more fun yeah. that way. And that way I can, you know, the friends that run with me, I, I get to choose the workouts. Oh, so. that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned your husband. Um, I saw a picture of you both wearing like rabbit ears um, in some race. Were you both pacers? Yep. Yeah. That was the, uh, we did it two years actually. So okay. in 2018 and 2019 for Calgary, um, we both paced. So I, he paced 330 and I paced 345, uh, okay. in 2018. And then in 2019, uh, he paced 330 again, but then I did the 50 K. So yeah. <laughs> so did you like looking back here and, you know, going back to 2005, you say you do this sort of like, you know, YMCA kind of, you know, like a municipal learn to run 10 K type of thing. Did you ever think that you'd be pacing people in a marathon? No, actually, I, I wasn't even sure I'd be able to get through a marathon. Yeah. Looking back, I remember the friend that I signed up with for the learn to run we had said, okay, here we go. Like one day, let's make that a goal and just do one. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I ended up uh, having kids and she went off and ran a, a few marathons, like the Disney ones and all these fun adventure uh, races and stuff. And I kind of just uh, sat behind and watched it all happen. So yeah. finally, when uh, I guess, yeah, it was like, it was new year's kind of like a resolution type mm -hmm. thing in, you know, when it turned 2014, I'm like, okay, this is my year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. That's awesome. <laughs> and I didn't know even after doing that, that I would want to do more. But once you do one and you're like, Ooh, that wasn't, that was, that <clears throat> went well. Like I paced myself well. And then I was close to my Boston time. And that I think is what gets people. They look yeah. and they say, I think I can do better. And if I only need to shave, you know, five minutes, how hard could that be? Right. You know? So, yeah. uh, that was, that was why I went ahead and did the, um, Scotiabank one in Toronto, yeah. uh, right afterwards. Cause I figured I would just roll with the training I already had and hopefully get my Boston time. And I remember even telling, 
my family that they're like, oh, you're crazy. I'm like, no, I'm going to go for it. And my uncle said, and he lives in Montreal, he says to me, he says, if you get your Boston time, I will come to Boston to cheer you on. Cool. And, uh, and he did. That's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. So I held him to it. So we had a good little mini vacation in Boston in 2016. Oh, how cool. Yeah. So you've got, yeah, I mean, you go, what's the, what is the course like from Calgary to Toronto? Are they pretty similar? Well, Calgary, we're at elevation, so we're um, over 3,000 feet. Okay. And Toronto's closer to sea level. Yeah. Uh, and Calgary has a pretty big hill in the middle of their race, whereas I would say the uh, Toronto uh, Waterfront Marathon is a really good course. Like, you start with a teeny up, and then you go down, and then you're all along the waterfront. So there's not a lot of elevation change, and it's a pretty fast course. Okay. Yeah. Calgary, I wouldn't recommend as a, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, a fun place to come and yeah. but you're not, and really good to train, Yeah. but it's harder to get your personal best here. I would say. Oh, I like, bet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at your, <laughs> at your two times. I mean, so you go from June to October. So four months later and you trim, f you trim 49 seconds off your pace. So it, you basically trim 20 minutes off your time which is yeah. pretty substantial, even, even with the altitude change. I mean, you're running almost a minute faster. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. That's a nice yeah. little change. That had to have been <laughs> getting y'all pumped up. Like, wow, I really did this thing. Yeah, that was, uh, that was when I added speed work, okay. actually. I had never been to a track in my life, mm. like too intimidated and just no interest in that. And in that training cycle, I decided to add in some, you know, 400s, 800s speed okay. work. So we'll get nothing too short. Yeah, but. I'd like to hear a lot more about that. So let's talk about your training a little bit at this point. So you say you like to do the research and things like that. Yeah. So yeah. do you like kind of go, you know, like an online kind of marathon training plan and download something and do all the work yourself or like how how seriously do you take your training and then what does your training look like in general? Well, I guess over time it's gotten more serious like in the beginning I knew that I needed to have a long run like that was intuitive and everything you read is if you don't prepare for your long run you're not prepared yeah. for the marathon so before my first one I made sure I incorporated you know up to I think it was 30 or 32 kilometers as my long run so 20 miles the yeah. 20 mile yeah. uh marker to, you saw the to, look on my face yeah, trying to do yeah. the math in my head to miles okay yeah. thank you i appreciate that <laughs> i'm bilingual mm -hmm. um so uh, i made it to 20 miles but no speed work and maybe running four times a week and then uh, so basically just like one long run and then shorter versions of essentially the same run yeah 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 okay. and then uh once i added speed work again just doing research like I like to look at all the training plans and sort of pick and choose what I think works for me and what I think I'm missing. Um, and usually if I feel like it's something that's too hard, it's probably because that's what I need in my training. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so, you know, to push yourself, like um, I hate short sprints, like 400s is probably what I hate the most. So it's probably what I need the most. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> so so you you're like a, a a subscriber to the whole notion that uh, pain is just weakness leaving your body kind of thing. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So did you start to notice how long did how long between in that four month um, gap between those two races did you start doing some speed work right away? And did you do speed work because you felt a deficiency in that um, in the Calgary race? Uh, I felt really good in Calgary. I felt like I finished strong. I definitely, uh, like the last few kilometers, I picked up the pace, like I finished strong, which is so rare. I've found like in marathons after having had that one is one of my, what I'd consider successful races where you finish strong and not feeling mm. like you want to throw up or, yeah. or die. Um, and so just from reading, they're like, okay, once you have a time goal, you need to add speed work. That seems to be the consensus, like speed work, tempo runs, long run. Okay. So yep. tempo, I don't, I didn't find too hard, or especially tempos at marathon pace was easy to incorporate. It was the speed work that was definitely out of my realm. And I probably waited, um, like after, after the Calgary marathon took about a month off just to Okay. Uh, recover yeah. and then uh, sort of wind it back up. Also, that was uh, when I convinced my husband that this would be a fun thing that we could do together. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Scotiabank Marathon in Toronto was his first. And we actually ran that together the whole the whole length of it. So, wow. Was he yeah. a runner pr prior to this or did he kind of just go from um, like just being a fit guy into running? Yeah. I mean, he was always, um, like a natural runner, I mm -hmm. guess like his form looks nice. Mine is not pretty to watch. <laughs> I, I run, I say by like sheer will that mm. that's how I, I get through races. Whereas he looks nice when he runs. Yeah. Um, he did a bit of running in high school, but he grew up on a farm in rural Alberta. So there wasn't a, a lot of, you know, yeah. running outside from their like gravel track at their high school that right. was or school that was like kindergarten to grade 12. Right. So, yeah, yeah. um, but yeah, <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, what was I going to ask you about? Oh, so, uh, your tempo run. So you have a long run, you have your, um, speed work on the track. And so you're doing yeah. a lot of 400s and 800s. You said, what does your tempo yeah. day look like? What are you, so again, as a, as a three thirty marathoner, so if you're running, um, you know, roughly an eight minute pace, what does your tempo day look like? Um, well, I have different types of tempos because you can have short tempos or long tempos. Okay. So one of the basic ones is you could go, um, like mile repeats almost as your tempo. Uh, so those would be like more closer to like a 715 pace or so okay. uh, with a, you know, break in between of up to three minutes, maybe um, I'll do five or six of those. Uh, then you kind of do two mile stretches, you know, so you do three times two miles and then you can do four times three miles, you know, you just yeah. kind of make each repeat get a little bit longer. Yeah. So I think my worst one or the, the best one depends how you look at it. It would yeah. be basically two times, um, two times six miles, okay. um, at a pace of about seven thirty or so. 
Okay. Um, and what did, what, and you said like a two, three minute break in between the two, six miles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or depending, I like, I, I switch it up. Like, uh, my training partner, she likes even kilometers. So we'll do five times two kilometers and then take a kilometer break. Okay. My husband runs by time. So I'm, I'm pretty yeah. flexible. Like, well, you can, I can do time miles, kilometers, you know, yeah. I could do, I could do kilometers. Works. I could do kilometers and then my break is how long it takes me to calculate kilometers <laughs> to miles. <laughs> a little math yeah. problem in the middle of my workout. Yeah. Well, because treadmills actually, even in Canada, a lot of the ones at the gyms are all still in miles. Yeah. You still have to know. Um, I, I always ran in miles and a lot of the training plans that are free online too are all in miles. Yeah. So I'll convert them yeah. uh, to kilometers or change them. Just yeah. so that, cause I finally switched my Garmin, uh, cause my, my friend was on me for like a year to switch to kilometers. So I finally did. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I can do kilometers yeah. to miles pretty easy with the points, you know, just multiply by six basically. Yeah. But the, yeah. Yeah, the other way around, I just have to train my brain to think in that, <laughs> in that way. Um, yeah. so do you do, you, you, in, in, uh, insinuated that you're doing your tempo on, on treadmills. Is that typical of you? Uh, no. 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 Okay. It's more treadmills are sort of a last resort. Yeah. Um, well, last year we have the Olympic over where they did the Olympics in 1988 that was the speed speed skating rink. Mm -hmm. Uh, they have a two lane track outside of that at the university. So yeah. that would be our go-to okay. if it was, if the weather was bad okay. in Calgary oh, in the it. winter, yeah. but now is everything's outside. Yeah, I, there yeah. was a there was a while. Uh, the reason I asked is there. I had a few years. I had a coach um, when I first started doing triathlons, and and it was the same. I had my speed day, my long day, my tempo day, and I was such a slave to the data that my speed days and my tempo days were always on a treadmill. So I could oh, okay. I could like I knew exactly like my tempo would be uh, uh it was fifteen minutes at like five k race pace a four minute break, then eight minutes at a little bit faster, four minute break, and then four minutes at a little bit faster. Yeah. And I tried doing it outside a few times and I would, I like, I was so, um, I don't know, like ADD about the whole thing. I just, no, nope, I got to go to the treadmill. Like I have to know that it's exactly what I was supposed to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard. I mean, I've, uh, I've had a, a lot of struggles with the progression runs where, you're trying to go a little bit faster every mile. And then, you know, your, your second to last mile, you turn into the wind and it's yeah. just demoralizing. You can't pick up those five seconds anymore. Yeah. So then you have to say, okay, it's by effort. Right. So I had the wind at my back the last mile. Yeah. You know, if I can hang <laughs> on, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah. But you never penalize yourself for those miles you already ran with the wind yeah. at your back. You know, you're like, well, I got to go harder. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's exactly. tough because I, I did a lot of that stuff in Phoenix and it's similar to like Calgary where you're, you know, in Colorado is certainly similar to uh, Calgary where you're at elevation, you've got the sun. I mean, you can get some pretty warm days out there that yeah. will sap you really fast. Yeah. And it's very dry. Yeah. So, yeah, which indeed. is good and bad. Some people like the dry, other people don't. Yeah, Phoenix was always yeah. nice because it's that it's a nice middle ground there. You're not humid. I thought Phoenix was dry until I moved to Colorado, and then you know oh. you start getting <laughs> nosebleeds from the dryness. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. very dry. Yeah, yeah. So you um, again, kind of like you qualify for Boston. Did you? I mean, thinking back to that 
you know, like new mom pushing strollers in the, <laughs> in the mother's day, is it pretty surreal where you're just like, I'm one, I'm running in the freaking Boston marathon. <laughs> and then you finish with a heck of a time, three thirty four oh one. That's, you know, yeah. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't imagine that happening at all. Yeah. You know, but one step at a time. And then, you know, once I, it's weird, I think a lot of people who do the six stars end with Boston, but I didn't even know about the six stars right. until after Boston. Yeah. Kind of learn as you go, I guess. How were you, uh, like, was Calgary a good, um, trainer for Boston with like heartbreak Hill and stuff Or did, did you kind of eat up that the hill, uh, hilly parts of the course or, or did you find that Boston was a particularly tough course or easy? I think, um, what got me at Boston, which I wasn't expecting, haven't, you know, I hadn't run that many marathons then, especially not a major one is the number of participants mm -hmm. like Calgary, our marathon gets 800 to a thousand people. Yeah. And now we're, there's <clears throat> almost 30,000 where the waves are separated by, you know, 30 minutes each and yeah. these corrals and the people and the lineups and the insanity yeah, and the aid stations um, really overwhelmed me. Uh, and also not knowing how to really take fuel, like, okay. and keep going. Yeah. I think that race, I stopped at every aid station so I could properly mm. drink my water. Um, but then yeah. you realize you're getting in people's way. If you don't get out of the way, um, it mm. was, it was definitely, and just the, the crowd support is insane. Yeah. Like the number of people that are there cheering you on that that's kind of what gets you hooked also. <laughs> yeah. Have you to this point? So I, I, I could go back and count you're like six marathons in at this point or seven marathons in, I yeah. think ish. Had you hit the wall? Like, had you had, did you hit like that mile 20 and just wanted to kill yourself <laughs> or had you had it been pretty smooth sailing to this point? Um, I, uh, I had a bad race in near Portland. I think that was just before. Um, and that one, it was, it was incredibly hot. It was like July 1st. Mm. So, um, and they, they gave you like hot dogs and <laughs> strawberry shortcake at the end. But I remember it, they had to change the start time of the marathon because it was so hot. And, uh, I felt fantastic and I remember running beside another girl and we were chatting like mm. all the way through mile 15 and then when I got to mile 15 I'm like okay I'm gonna today I'm gonna get my PB because mm. you know that's how it goes every race you run you better your time yep. and uh those last 10 kilometers in the heat and uh I suffered like horribly yeah. so and then I realized that that whole you know I I did well from Calgary to Toronto but then after that it's, it's not a given that every race you run, you're going to get a better time, no matter how hard you work yeah. because there's weather there's, you know, it's just not your day or you go out too fast that, you know, burning out, hitting the wall. And you realize that every 10 seconds that you banked in the first half is going to come back as like yeah. a minute per mile in this, in the last uh, six. <laughs> wow. That's a good point. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so it, you have to be, that was, that was kind of, 
sad for me, I guess. <laughs> so at mile 15, you said you had a rough time. What, how do, how was that manifesting? It was a GI, was it just fatigue, muscle pain? Uh, more just fatigue, like the physical exhaustion and just getting overheated where you feel like <clears throat> you're putting in more effort, but you're going slower yeah. every time. Like I tried, I made, I made a break at mile 15, like to try and pick up the pace. And then it came back to me at mm. mile 20. So yeah. then, uh, at, from the last 10 kilometers were just, I mean, I didn't, I didn't walk. That's usually my goal is to just keep pushing on no matter what. But uh, my pace definitely slowed yeah. the last. Yeah, that, that's a it's a challenge in it. I I have not yet run a marathon. I have some just hip and knee issues that always manifest. Yeah. That's not an excuse. I will, <laughs> I I I will be doing. So I've got some good races on my bucket list coming up here. So yeah, I'm, I'm not. I don't. Nice. I'm, most of it is me telling myself right now that don't make excuses. You got to go do this. Um, <laughs> but the thing with races like marathons, half marathons and things is you, you end up, you're so fixated on um, beating your time, right? Yeah. Like, you know, PBPR, that type of thing versus just, you know, like, okay, well, I'm going to beat this person or whatever it is. And then you end yeah. up pushing yourself beyond these, you know, totally artificial, arbitrary constraints, you know, yeah. like instead of just listening to your body, cause like, I mean, every course is different. The weather's <laughs> different, the, you know, all of these different things, but it doesn't matter. It's just irrationally in our brains. Like, well, that's the time I'm going to hit and I'm going to do everything yeah. I can to do it. Yeah. 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 And yeah, some days it works, some days it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it can it can bite you. And again, just like you said, every 10 seconds, you're clawing in the first half of the race, that's going to cost you you know, it could cost you a minute, uh, in the second half. Yeah. It is stark yeah. to look at your two races back to back Boston to Calgary. I mean, you, you jump up from Boston and then a month later, uh, 39 days later, roughly, um, you do the Calgary 50 K. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I look at like your, your overall placement at Boston is 8,909 and then yeah. your overall placement at Calgary in the 50K is 16th out of 122. <laughs> so like just yeah. the massive night and day difference in field. I mean, I would assume at the Calgary, I mean, it's part of a bigger race, but you're basically, you're on course all by yourself at some point. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Totally I mean, at different. least the uh, the marathon and the 50K go together. Mm -hmm. The 50 K just hasn't had a, that year just had an extra loop. Mm -hmm. So they add, you'd get a slap band when you went through just to prove that you did the extra, got it. Uh, 8k. Yeah. Um, so you're still finishing with people who are, you know, finishing the marathon. Um, but it's weird because they're finishing their marathon in four hours and 15 minutes, but you're trying to do the 50. So your pace is not the same. So you, you tend to, when you see them, you tend to want to go their pace Yes. because you know, you feel like you should be finishing together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you did a four sixteen thirteen 13 yeah. there. That's a heck of a time yeah. too. Yeah. So going back to Boston, just for the, um, the people who are listening here and, and maybe eyeing their first big race and, Maybe haven't, um, you said you struggled in the aid state aid stations. Um, like, what do you mean by that in terms of just the sheer number of people and getting people's ways? Was that a, like a stressful situation for you? Yeah, it's really crowded. And then there's so many, um, cups on the ground. Like I know they come through with brooms and push them out of the way, but the ground is sticky. 
uh, it's wet. Uh, you want to grab your cup and kind of keep going and not like the number of times, sometimes people are holding them out for you to grab them. Also, I feel bad because a lot of times it's kids that are volunteering. The number of times I've like knocked a cup out of someone's hand, like into onto them because <laughs> I'm trying to go fast or, you know, and then I missed my water or sometimes it's water, then Gatorade and you want to choose, you know, which one it is. So you have to pay attention to know if it's water, you know, they usually have a pattern like yeah. water, then Gatorade or whatever. But then some people get really upset. Like people are competitive, right? So get out of my way. Don't stop, like keep moving and just, you got to kind of go with the flow. Yeah. Um, and I just found that a bit overwhelming just because the sheer number of people all trying to get their little cup at the same time. Yeah. And then learning like, if it's the paper cups, you can crush them like you can. Mm -hmm. And then it's easier to pour yeah. in your mouth as you keep going. But then trying to swallow and not choke on it or, you know, <laughs> it's it's funny. All of the things that we pay attention to in racing um, with triathlon, the Joe Friel's book really pushes practicing transitions because they're, you know, it's an yeah. easy minute or two minutes or three minutes to gain back. I have found like the um, drinking out of paper cups or, you know, that type of transition, being able to do a gel while you're running. And that's one of the things that I, I practice on the treadmill on those, on those speed days is yeah. at tempo pace, being able to take a drink or do a gel and not slow down and those types of things. So, um, yeah, yeah but it's, it's such an obvious <laughs> thing that I think it's overlooked a lot because it can cost you time if, yeah you start choking on your water or whatever, which everybody does. I still do. It's yeah. Yeah, all the time, all the time. Yeah. And also knowing what fuel is on the course. Like I like my own fuel, like are all well, lately it's Martin that I like, but you know, sometimes they'll have a brand that you've never tried before. Like in Berlin, they had this weird, um, it was like, called beetster or something and it was some beet, beet. root yeah. like juice like to drink mm -hmm. and i remember thinking oh what the heck i'll i'll try it you know and then i spilled it all over me oh, no. and it's red <laughs> like Very i probably red. just stained my yeah. my clothes um anyways yeah beet juice is interesting that's um <laughs> in colorado i don't know if it's big everywhere but it's certainly big in colorado because of the oxygen issues and yeah. things like that yeah and the first time i drank it i don't know like it's such a pretty kind of red purple color yeah i don't know i was like picturing this like sweet <laughs> juice and it tasted like um like the juice out of green beans you know like the like when you're <laughs> the old school canned green beans it just tastes yeah. like the juice out of that it was yeah it wasn't or bad, dirt. frankly. Yeah, it was a little, yeah. <laughs> My husband says they taste like dirt. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried making smoothies out of uh, raw beets and adding oranges to it to make it taste better. And There's a lot of people that swear by beets and beet yep. juice, especially yep. for oxygen transfer. I think there's something there, though. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. At the if, end it, of, if you yeah. believe it, then it helps. Yeah. That's, I figure it's not doing any harm. So, yeah, it's funny. You read books like Born to Run and you see what people are capable of doing and, you know, like rubber flats and, you know, yep. just a little bit of salt water. And then you look at all the concoctions <laughs> that we've put in front of ourselves. And, and then we wonder why we have all these GI issues and things on races. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you, um, so going forward here, so you, um, 
There's a little asterisk next to your London Marathon because you did a virtual race um, of the London oh, Marathon. I did. <laughs> I was listening to, I don't, uh, maybe it was the Ramblin' Runner. It was a different podcast a week or two ago. And um, the guest was talking about doing their virtual race marathon um, time trial and PR'd in it and stuff. And, and just the wow. thought to me of doing like an individual time trial essentially um, on a marathon just made me like, it gave me, uh, butterflies in my stomach. I was a little like just thinking about towing the start line all by yourself. Now you had, you had a partner in crime on that day, right? I did. Yeah. yeah. So describe that, describe the running of your, um, virtual London marathon in the middle of Calgary. Well, not even in the middle of Calgary, right? You were outside, you were kind of, uh, out, yeah. in the, out in the country a little bit. Yeah. I guess the, uh, the fun part is, you know, you get to choose your own route. So I was like, okay, challenge accepted. I can do this. Um, I thought I picked a time goal that would be easily achieved. So three thirty, like running eight minute miles. Um, I didn't really think too much about like, uh, fueling. I knew that I didn't want to wear my vest because I would overhydrate. I did that before because you can carry so much water. So we stashed water bottles, um, but then would stop to drink. Um, I think that I realize now a virtual marathon, it needs as much preparation as a, yeah. a regular marathon and your head has to be in it as much as well, if not more so. Yeah. I was going to so say maybe, I feel maybe like more so. Definitely, because there's no crowds to cheer you on. And um, when it gets bleak, it's it's uh, it's a dark place. And yeah. I know that day it was a really nice day in Calgary. And I was just wishing that we had gone camping instead. <laughs> so um, my last 10 kilometers, my last six miles, even though I planned my route to be downhill, did not did not go well at oh. all. <laughs> But I, and then I and then, of course, the next day I was really mad at myself for giving up on myself. But then again, it's a learning thing. Like if I were to do it again, I'd know that I'd have to be more mentally prepared. Do you know, you can't just lax off at the training and we probably, you know, the first uh, 30 kilometers or um, so we're running a bit too fast. So, you know, you can put yeah. the fancy shoes on and and feel right and think you had a good night's sleep and still, uh, I don't know. I felt for me, I kind of fell apart <laughs> in that one. Did you like in retrospect, thinking about the other marathons and, and like a big marathon, like New York or Boston or Chicago, where there's some travel involved and your, your head is so mentally in the game in that regard. It, like, was that a big, like, was that just like a whole component of the race that you had never really putting any importance on that now in its absence, you felt like, Oh, wow, that was a, that is a really important part of the mental game is like being in a big race. Yeah, I think so. Like I just, I kind of, I, I don't know, maybe it was too cocky. I guess I thought that I've done this so many times before, how hard can it be? And I don't, you know, I kind of went in thinking it should be no problem. Yeah. And, uh, it was humbling, I guess it was, yeah. uh, it was way harder mentally than I, sh you know, just kicking myself like I should have been better prepared or if I didn't want to do it, then I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did you map your course? Did you use an, like an online tool or something or did you just drive it? Uh, yeah, no. Um, Garmin has a, in their connect app, they have a create course. Okay. And so you can kind of draw on the map 
and it'll give you a good idea. Okay. Um, but it's not a hundred percent. Um, and then London was funny because they had you run it through their TCS app, Mm -hmm. like that they, that was running GPS in the background. So I got a notification on my phone that I was actually done the London marathon before my watch was even close to 42 kilometers. How far out, how far out were you? Uh, like three minutes. So I kept going till my watch said, (laughs) uh, and I also use a foot pod stride, which is pretty accurate. But, um, so I don't know, it's just a different GPS or. Yeah. GPS is a tough one. We have a lot of experience in the, you know, in the timing side with chrono track and then with GPS, GPS is, um, uh, purposely not as accurate as you would expect it to be, you know, because then you could have like missile guidance systems and things off the shelf. So yeah every race, the timer gets, you know, bombarded with people coming up and saying, your course is wrong. My watch says oh, X. And it's like, yeah. no, your, your watch is wrong. Yeah. 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 Well, and especially like Chicago is notorious for, cause you're running through downtown, you lose signal, you go under those tunnels. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like my friend, when she did it, her watch paused and she didn't even know cause it thought she stopped. Oh, no. So when she finished, she actually was longer than she thought mm. she had been. Yeah. Um, just, and then, but that at least that's where I count on the foot pod. Cause it keeps an average pace, but you have to calibrate it. And yeah, that Nike uh, years ago, not the um, Nike plus one, but before then it was called the Nike triax. It was heart rate, foot strap and, and watch so accurate, unbelievably um, accurate to, I mean, I, my, a buddy of mine would go on, um, you know, like 10, 15 mile runs and he had GPS. I had the Nike foot pod and it was just dead on. And you wow. had like every six months yeah. you have to uh, calibrate it on a track or if you got a new yeah. pair of shoes, but yeah. oh my God, I loved that device. <laughs> I absolutely loved it because the nice yeah. thing was I could, it would translate directly. I could jump on the treadmill or I could jump on the track or jump yes. on the road and it was always accurate. It was great. Yeah. yeah. That's why we got the foot pods because yeah, running in at the oval, it's a 450 meter track, mm. but if you're in the outside lane, you know, it's nine meters longer per yeah. lap. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, just cause you're inside, it's, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting cause you're, you're kind of a purist in the sense, like you don't work with a coach. Have you thought about, have you thought about like what your potential is and what, uh, like, have you thought about just taking a year, hiring a coach, doing all the things? I mean, I mean, you're you're in a little bit of a plateau, a little bit. I mean, you're, you know, you threw, you went down to 318. I mean, you're definitely getting better and stuff, but like, do you wonder, like, do you have a three hour in you? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I think about that. My my husband actually has a coach and uh, is part of a whole group. And, and okay. you know, he loves it. She's a great coach. And I've met her and he's like, I could join too. And right. I just, I'm, I'm resistant because yeah. I like where I am right now. And I like what I'm doing. And I think that I'm a bit stubborn. I don't know, like <laughs> if I'm coachable, I guess, like, yeah. I mean, having been coached basketball, I know, I guess I'm coachable, but I, I really, part of the joy for me is choosing my own workouts. Yeah. And so if someone was telling me what workout I had to do, I would definitely question them and give them a hard time every step of the way, like why, and mm. give me more information because that's the type of research I do for myself. So yeah. What percentage are you working with a, uh, with your training partner? Like well, how, how many of your runs? Um, 
I would, well, at least half, I'd okay. say. Like we, we do like pretty much always our long runs. Okay. Um, that's kind of just for company. Yeah. And then, um, and then she likes it, uh, for speed work. She's more, she won't do the structured workouts, uh, okay. without me. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because she doesn't like to, I love playing with my watch and setting up the workouts and building them in Garmin connect and, and downloading them and following them. And that doesn't interest her at all at all so, so, so she, i think she has more talent than she knows but she's just funny. letting me kind of you know run the show i guess well i think <laughs> she has a coach is what's happening <laughs> i think she hired a coach and just doesn't realize yeah, it yet yeah yeah that's pretty funny yeah no we have fun and we're both um swim moms like our kids swim together so we just make good use of our time like when the kids are swimming we'll do our workouts Got so it. it's kind of like double duty yeah. Yeah. So you did um, Napa back in March. So that was one of the last, um, yeah. there was Publix in Georgia. There was uh, Napa in that first couple of weeks of March that were allowed to go on. Well, not even allowed to go on. We didn't really realize the gravity of anything at that yeah. point. Yeah. So you got one right in under the wire there. You did a yeah. 320 over there. Yeah. Yeah. I switched Tokyo. The the So my friend was running Napa and um I got because we wanted to do the same training block and she knew I was doing Tokyo. So she signed up for Napa. Then Tokyo got canceled. And so the day I got the email that Tokyo was canceled, I registered for Napa so I could not let my training go to waste. Yeah, good for you. So and then it, and then it worked well because then we got to run it together. So, yeah, um, we just interviewed a guy, Bill Bucklew, who also did the exact same thing. Um, okay. Tokyo got canceled. He went to Napa. Um, yeah. He's actually battling Parkinson's disease, and he was he was telling oh, wow. the dystonia, which is the sort of clenching of the muscle in his foot. He blew a hole in the side of his shoe. His, oh. Yeah, I mean, but he's still finished. I mean, the guy's a yeah. guy's an absolute most yeah. unassuming guy I've ever spoken with, but an absolute savage. Wow. And, yeah, really impressive guy. Yeah. Um, so that was March, and then October. Did you? Um, after Napa, in between Napa and, and, um, London virtual, did you keep your running up pretty well? Were you, um, like, are you in kind of maintenance mode? Do you follow? Yeah. I'd say I'm almost, I'm always in maintenance mode. Yeah. It's more for like mental health. I need to get out and I need yeah. to exercise. Um, I do a lot of baking and eating also. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel more justified with that if I, if I do a lot of running too. Yeah. Um, actually in between the, uh, Napa and, uh, London, there was the, um, uh, my husband's cousin, uh, wanted to run a marathon. Okay. And so I was kind of like in a lull, I'd been building miles, you know, for fun. And, uh, he said he was going to try and set up like a boutique, uh, race, but the County was not agreeable with it. So mm. he just decided to do his own thing. And, uh, we offered to come support and join him. So I ran, I ran his marathon. Oh, cool. So yeah, we called it the uh, inaugural Luma marathon, which is the little hamlet. He lives close by and his daughter made t-shirts and, you know, they had a, an aid station at the end of their driveway that we ran past four times and uh, it finished at the local community hall. And of course, you know, the good thing he made the course. So I was just there to pace him. He was trying to get his uh, 345. So it was just the and, two of you? 
Yep. Yeah, oh, we had awesome. all the kids on as bike support. My <laughs> husband helped with like the last seven kilometers because he was getting over an injury. Um, you know, uh, again, we use Garmin course to mark, map to mark the distance. But okay. of course, we hit the that end line and my GPS was out. So I'm like, move the finish line. You have to, <laughs> you know, back it up. He has to run an extra 400 meters. Oh or we're God. not going to be finished. Um, this is like a yeah, Monty so. Python movie. Yeah, yeah, they had a finish line tape and, you know, orange slices uh, at the end. And cool. uh, he even, uh, you know, the whole small marathon thing, he even had to change his shirt halfway through because it got warm. Oh, <laughs> so he had funny. his daughter run in, get him a tank top, switch from T-shirt to tank top. I guess that's one of the fun parts of, you know, doing it yourself, right? You yeah. can do full wardrobe change if you feel like it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that one was a lot more fun for me, I think, just because it wasn't for me, right? The whole, and I enjoy pacing and, and, uh, that time I know I can do, uh, pretty easily. So, so what was your final time? I think, uh, we didn't actually finish till about three fifty-two. Okay, He died at the last seven. We made it to 33 kilometers, uh, before he really started, uh, struggling Um, a little bit. Yeah. I remember telling him like, Cause you know, when you get in that state where you're not like totally with it mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and he kept looking at his watch and he was trying to do the math to see if he'd finish in his time goal. And I'm like, okay, you have to stop looking at your watch. Yeah. Just tuck in behind me and try and just keep with me. You know, if there's wind, like I'll break the wind. Like you just have to just stop looking at your watch and just mm. plod forward. But that gradual, you know, yeah. So I knew exactly as he fe- how he felt when I did London because that's I felt like I didn't want to do it anymore. But he he you know he pressed on. I guess so. Yeah, it's so remarkable at, at that distance. Um, I think I think the longest I've ever run is twenty two miles, twenty two or twenty three miles, and yeah. I felt amazing. And it was like, oh, today is the day. I had tried. To, I read Born to Run. I changed my stride. I did all these other things, and it worked. Yeah. Everything was working beautifully. And, yeah. it's, and it still is. I, I've actually, my, my long game has gotten much better. Um, but I was, um, it was here in Colorado. It was a very hilly course that I mapped out. And at whatever mile it was, so it was like, if I ran 22, it was 21 miles. I felt amazing. It was like, oh my God, I wasn't running fast. Yeah. Um, but I felt amazing. And then all of a sudden, like one step, I got a, a cramp in my quad. Next yeah. step other quad cramped up and it was just like within, <laughs> within one minute, my whole body just fell apart. It's like, yep. well, I guess there's the wall. Yeah. That's what they talk about. So yeah, it's funny yeah. because again, like having paced a couple of times, I've seen it happen, right? Yeah. I, I watched them physically disintegrate right before your eyes and you're like, this is what it is. So it's, it's, it's actually really neat from an outside perspective. Like when it's happening to you, it's awful, right? right. You just do not want to be there. Yeah. But um, watching it happen to someone is kind of, and it's funny when you're pacing, yeah. you usually lose people at the aid stations because they don't want to tell you that they're dying. Oh, interesting. So all of a sudden, like, where did so-and-so go? And they're just gone. <laughs> is that part of your job at a, not job necessarily, but is that part of one of the things that you do when you're pacing is walking people through that dark spot and, and you try. To, okay. Uh, the only thing is what I, which is good and bad is you, you have to hold your pace. Yeah. So if they can't keep, keep it anymore, you have to go on because there's other people 
that are still with you. So um, you do the best you can. And then as you're moving forward, I find like the last 10 kilometers, I'll pick up like six new people that it were maybe trying for 330. And now they're going to get 345. Like, okay. Right. Just- so you're like, okay, come on. Like I- I'm the next pacer that's come your way. Like at least try and make a new goal. You know, yeah. you can do this. Um, I, and the, uh, when I paced the 50, there was even less people. Uh, so for, for that one, I did let my pace drop off a little bit, mm-hmm. um, just because it was down to like three of us. So yeah. it was more, it was worth it for me to help that person more than it was to make sure I could make a time that I can make the time. And it's no fun finish crossing the line by yourself. By yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you dusted so. all of your, uh, all the people you're supposed <laughs> to be pacing. <laughs> Yeah. So it's tricky because yeah, yeah, you have to finish in your time, but you don't want to let those people go either. Yeah. So looking through your, your results, you haven't had to deal with jet lag yet on a marathon. Have you thought about that with Tokyo and London? Like how you would deal with, are you planning on going in? I mean, you said it was a four day package. I'm assuming what are you going to go in on a Friday? Yeah. Okay. You're staying longer. Yeah. Yeah. uh, But we would go, like when we travel, we like to do the race first, then travel. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, for example, when we did Berlin, we flew into Prague oh, yeah. like four days before. Yeah. Okay. So, you did get Berlin in. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but for that one, we did so much sightseeing mm. two days before we walked over 25 kilometers. Oh, that's crazy. So my husband knew right away. He's like, well, this is not going to be a PB because my legs are shot just from sightseeing. Yeah. So then we're like, okay, so for Tokyo, no sightseeing before. Like you get there, you go to the expo, you do the race and you sleep <clears> and you hope that the jet lag doesn't yeah. get you. You guys should know. travel with unicycles and then that way you can just go do your sightseeing yeah. on <laughs> unicycle. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we were yeah, pretty tired for for Berlin. But wow. I don't know. I think the time zones aren't as bad there as Tokyo would be really hard. So what, when is, when is Berlin is September? So will yeah. you do another, you think you'll do another time trial between then and, and, uh, or between now and then? Um, A virtual. I, I'm not sure actually. So I just keep kind of ramping up my mileage and usually I like to do a spring and a fall. So okay. I'm sure that something hopefully got it will come up. Like I know Calgary, if they can't run. Yeah they'll do a virtual. So maybe I'll do something there, or maybe there's lots of those neat little people are being innovative, right? So there's like new little races that are popping up where, you know, they do it in waves, like every minute or two minutes Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, in more remote locations. I don't know. Yeah. So, but yeah. yeah. And, and, if you decide to do one in the spring, let me know and I'll do one on the same day and I'll try to make it my first 26.2 mile run. I won't call it a marathon because I don't want my first virtual. Like to, <laughs> I'm not going to tell anybody I, I've run a marathon until I actually run a marathon. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. My first marathon actually will be Leadville Trail Marathon. I've done the heavy half a few times, which is about yeah. 15 and a half miles. Yeah. Um, so that's a, I mean, that's a, five, six hour marathon. It's a pretty brutal course, but that's yeah. the one that I'm going to do this year and then hopefully graduate up into like silver rush and some fifties and things, but nice. um, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. I've, I've, I've 
sort of tricked my body with the born to run stuff and again changing my stride yeah. and you know running a little slower than you know than I was used to or wanting to and embracing my my old age I guess yeah <laughs> I know down. I keep having that debate you got to go slow to go fast right yeah I don't know uh, to make your easy days easier so I don't know that's the, I mean, you mentioned the pacing when um, your husband's cousin, the, um, you and I talked briefly um, on, the, on the call that we had the other day to kind of prepare for this. My far and away favorite running, training, really my favorite sports moment of my entire life was pacing at Leadville um, Trail 100. And I, I paced a guy from mile uh, 60 to 75 he ended up not being able to run any of it. So we walked the entire 15 miles at, from like 10 p.m. to about, I don't know, about three o'clock in the morning. Wow. Um, and for every single reason, it should have been an absolutely miserable, terrible experience. And I love every <laughs> single second of it. I love the the idea that it that I was completely insignificant. It had nothing to do with me. It had everything else to do with him. And it was just you know, whatever I like the disappointment that my biggest disappointments in sports paled in comparison to the, how disappointed I was in myself for not, not like unlocking whatever it was that would have taken it to get him to run. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it was this puzzle in my brain. I'm like, okay, what can I say? What can yep. I do? How can yep. I motivate him? How can I get yep. him through this? And I couldn't. Yep. And so I was just so like, that was a bigger disappointment to me than anything else that, and I've, I've had some disappointments, um, yep. but this was a bigger one. So yeah, I, I love, I can totally relate to the experience you had. Uh, pacing. It's something completely different because you're, you're not running for yourself. Right. And just, trying to motivate and, uh, and drag them along, I guess. Yeah. And that's the thing. It always goes so well. I mean, you had just a segment, but for the whole length of it, right? Like you can see the progression, like Norm was doing so great all the way to 33 kilometers. And then uh. you're like, ah, you can do it, man. You're, you know, yeah, yeah. it's an art. Yeah. It's an art being able to do that and do it. Well, I was watching a Courtney Doe Walter um, documentary and her team and like they do such a good job of knowing when to push her. And I mean, granted, it's Courtney Del Walter. I mean, <laughs> talk about savage, you know, uh, no amount of praise can be heaped that will match how impressive a woman she is. I mean, no other sport has a woman dominating the men and the women like like ultras right now with her. Yeah. It's, she's just unparalleled. But watching her team um know what to say, how to say it. Cause I was watching it on, through a new lens of like, yeah. okay, well, how are they handling her? Because you're, you're sort of like, part of you wants to just, you know, like take the movie approach where you're like slapping them across the <laughs> face and come on, you can do it, you know? But then yeah, the other yeah, side yeah. is like, um, you know, you're trying to sort of not baby them, but like, you know, be really empathetic <clears throat> and it's tough. It's really, it's yeah. really tough. I know. And at that point too, if you, when you have hit the wall, no matter how many people tell you you're looking strong or you're almost there, it's near the end. You look good. Like I just, I don't want any of that. And that yeah. does not motivate me. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. It's that self, um, not doubt, but the, in your head, 
I remember one time in a race, my coach, um, I knew I wasn't running well. Yeah. My time was okay, but I knew I wasn't running well. And and he did exactly what you just described where, oh, you look great, you you know, and all yeah. I could, and, and it made it worse because then instead of me just sort of knowing this, I'm answering him in my head going, I don't look great. Like why <laughs> quit lying? You know what? I, and I made it worse. Yeah. Like I made yeah. it more negative, you know, instead of yeah. him just kind of saying, Hey, look, man, suck it. Like I almost wanted him to like look me in the eye and just say, yeah. dude, snap out of it. You suck right now. You need to figure this out. Yeah, I know. It's it's the mental aspect is crazy. I always say like you can't leave any room for any seeds of doubt because once those are in, it's over. How like, do you deal with you just, that? How do you personally deal with that? Do you Do you have exercises that you go through? Do you work the mental side as much as you work the physical? I I guess like I think naturally I'm because I'm a stubborn willful person like <laughs> that that helps <laughs> um but it's that whole like just think well thinking in advance like okay if you see a mile or a kilometer go by where you lost five seconds you can't let that get to you mm. you know because sometimes that's what happens is you have like two bad miles in a row and then you just want to give up mm. Cause you're like, well, now I'm off my pace. I'm not going to make my goal. So you always, I always have like four goals going into any race, like my A goal, B, C, D, right? So, oh, interesting. and D is always just finish mm -hmm. and not complain about it and be grateful that my body made it through another race, yeah. right? You always have to have one that you can accomplish no matter what. Um, so I always go back to that if, you know, and if A goes away, then, you know, there'll be other opportunities not to be so hard on yourself, but yeah, you have to pretty much lock in, lock in your brain to like block the outside world and just power through, I guess. Yeah. And try not to let little negative things like, Oh, I missed that aid station or I spilled the water and I didn't get any is like, okay, that I can, I can deal with that. You have to, you know, cope in the moment and just keep, keep going yeah and not because like if you if you let one tiny thing like five seconds can ruin your day just because it just goes in your brain and then the next mile and the mile yeah. after that then you you know all the math you're doing in your head try not to do too much math that's the other part <laughs> yeah it's amazing how that self-doubt that one little yeah. seed it's yeah. like a it's like a pebble in your shoe yeah you can't let it get in there yeah wow do you have yeah. exercises that you work like when you like, let's say you're at mile 18 and you start getting those negative thoughts in your head. What do you do? How do you deal with that? Oh, someone fell down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, um, well, uh, basically I go through my head. I know my roots, like where that I run in my neighborhood and roots that I've done before. And I know that, okay, I only have X miles to go. I've done this a million times. Like, especially when I get to the last five kilometers of a race, that's three miles. That's my cool down. Yeah. I can do that at the end of any day. That's got just it. my cool down. That's all I have to do is my cool down. You just got to hold on because that's nothing, you know, or if you're going through a like heartbreak hill, there's a hill near my house. That's about as long. And I'm like, I've done this hill as repeats. I only have to yeah. do it once today, you know? So good advice. Just push through and, you know, just kind of reimagine that you didn't run the first 20 and you're just doing the last 10 of like, your normal easy route nice. at home. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's good advice. That's, yeah, that's yeah. really good. 
All right. Yeah. Well, I can see the finish line over the horizon here. You ready to answer some questions? We got oh, a little no. t- 10 question dash. <laughs> They're not hard. You just have to answer honestly. All right. Ready? Yeah. Okay. So um, what's your gear looking like? You're a runner. What um, What are your What are your brands of choice? What are you Probably Saucony and Nike. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Uh, what uh, next race? Uh, we know what it, well, we know it's going to be a running race. Um God willing, who knows what it's going to be, but uh, you've already sort of somewhat committed to um, maybe a virtual, but hoping a real race comes in the spring. Yeah. That's a yes. tough one to Ma- It'll be marathon. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Um, do you have like a favorite sports movie or book or documentary or anything that you go to? Uh, no, I'm actually reading Born to Run right uh, now. Yeah. That, that one changed my life. I've, yeah, I've, I've told the story. Yeah, I'm savoring it. Yeah. There's a, um, what is it on? Is it, uh, oh, ESPN Plus has the, um, a 30 for 30 on the, um, uh, what's the, the Indian tribe, Om- Omaha, Omaharu? That doesn't sound right. I think I'm messing that up. Anyway, on yeah. the, on the Indian tribe that comes, yeah. you know, yeah, in yeah, that yeah, with yeah. the, yeah. Blanco and everything. Yeah. Um, okay. Favorite race? Chicago. Chicago. Very good. Okay. Bucket list race? Ooh, the Great Wall of China. Okay. Marathon. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Uh, home stretch song or band on your playlist? Who gets you across that finish line? Oh, shoot. Um, the Rocky song. The, okay, <laughs> the theme yeah. from Rocky. Very yeah, good, yeah. excellent. All right, most embarrassing song on your playlist or artist? Oh, um, like uh, uh, oh, it's like pop songs that my daughters listen to. Yeah, okay, like Ed Sheeran. Yeah, Ed she- oh, that is no, 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 Ed Sheeran. My daughter and I, when we uh, we were stuck in the car together for like an hour a couple weeks ago, and she played an hour's worth of One Direction, and I had to guess which member was singing each verse or whatever, and I yeah, yeah. I could identify Harry. I think that was the only one that I really got good at. <clears throat> yeah, it was bad. Uh, pre-race ritual or superstition? Do you have any superstitions that you go to before races? Uh, more just rituals, just like I have to drink a liter of water two hours before, okay. uh, like to be done drinking it and just my bagel with peanut butter. Very good. Okay. Uh, living or dead, who would you most like to share a long run with? Ooh. Uh, my dad. Dad. Great yeah. answer. That's a really good answer. Uh, final question, Claire, what is the secret I don't know. <laughs> Be stubborn, Keep it sounds smiling. like. Yeah. Keep smiling. Yeah, I think you've smiled <laughs> through this entire conversation. Keep smiling. I like it. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that one. That's great. Well, any parting uh, parting words of wisdom for uh, the hopeful runners out there and people just waiting for racing to come back and anything like that? Yeah, just don't give up. Keep running. Just keep, keep like, just keep going. That's great <laughs> Don't advice. Don't stop. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real, uh, a really good, I'm really glad that, uh, that again, we just had time to just sit down, talk about racing, um, kind of no agenda, just, you know, talk about some, some past and future races. It's been a blast. 
Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. I'm quite flattered. <laughs> oh, you're very, very welcome. Well, that is the show. So hope you enjoyed it. More people racing more often, having more fun in the process is our mission. Thanks again to Claire Bird for sharing a slice of Calgary with us. Best of luck chasing the six stars to you, Claire. Uh, be you. sure to subscribe to the podcast. We do a special post for each episode on Instagram. So look for the post um, for episode 17 with a picture of Claire on it. If you have any comments or questions for her or us, we are at Athlinks across the board or shoot us an email to podcast at athlinks.com. Share it with friends far and wide. Give us a review if you dig it. And until next time, happy racing, everybody. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. That was great. <laughs>